Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, it's Todd. Before we get started, if you like what you hear or you have any questions about this podcast, please tweet at me at, at Todd underscore Garner on Twitter. Look forward to hearing from you. For nearly 30 years, Todd Garner has overseen blockbuster films like Con Air, Anger Management, Triple X, 13 Going on 30, and Black Hawk Down. Why are they letting you make these movies? Join Todd as he shares tips and stories from the front lines of producing in Hollywood. I'm Adam Sandler. I'm Rebel Wilson. This is Jeff Probst. I'm Kaylee Cuoco. I'm Eli Roth. This is Marla Wayans. Hey, it's Ed Helms. This is Shay Mitchell. Everybody, this is Kevin James, and this is The Producer's Guide. The Producer's Guide. The Producer's Guide. The Producer's Guide with Todd Garner. Todd Garner. Todd Garner. Todd Garner. What a combination. All right. Hi, Basil. <laughs> How are you, Todd? How are you, buddy? I'm good. Well, we're doing this. You're my first, man. This is my very first Skype interview that I've ever done. And I figured who better than start with you because I've been driving back and forth from your house to pick up my son, your stepson, <laughs> <laughs> who, is, who is home from Michigan. I guess they're boxing up all his stuff from his uh, fraternity. And that's it. I mean, his uh, dorm. And that's it. He's done. Yeah, he's, and as you know, he's thrilled to be home and isolated <laughs> from all his friends. It's, it's, been, it's been great. As are all we. We're all just thrilled to be isolated in our homes right now. I try to send him texts of people, his age group who are getting sick, just to have him have some uh, empathy. And it doesn't <laughs> seem to have any impact on him whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. He came off of his Miami uh, spring break, just locked and loaded that he's invincible. Yeah, good luck with that. I remember those days. Those days <laughs> ended pretty quickly. Uh, all right, so let's talk first about what have you been doing since the last time we spoke? You've had a, you've had a bunch of movies come out and you've had some stuff go into production so what give me just run me down real quick like kind of where you've been and what you've been doing in the last nine months to a year um we had i'm not sure what was out uh since the last time i i saw you but we have a, a, a ton of movies in post we have this movie greenland uh uh with jerry butler that nick rick that rick wad directed which turned out great it's one of the best movies that we've ever made that uh was supposed to come out in June, but it looks like it's that's clearly going to be punted until later in the year. Um, this movie Voyagers, this Neil Berger movie we did for Lionsgate, that is uh, in post as well. It's a science fiction movie, which is terrific. Um, we just uh, we did a movie called Violence of Action with Chris Pine, which uh, we're watching the director's cut any day now, and, and this Halle Berry movie called Bruised um, that she directed, that she's also stars in. Uh, we're seeing that director's cut any day now. Um, I'm not sure if, if it's something that's come out, I'm trying to rack my brain, but I think that's, that's, uh, well, we had the current war come out. We had hotel Mumbai come out. I believe these moments kind of really test your metal as a, as a producer and a, as a small business owner, which is what I'm looking at myself at now. Right. Do you have any movies in, currently in production? No, we, we had one supposed to start shooting in five weeks in Mumbai. Oh that's been put on hold for two weeks, but I can't now that uh, India has locked the country down. That's not gonna. We're gonna probably punt that to the fall. Right. Um, I mean, I got lucky. A, a lot of the, a lot of our movies um, wrapped on at, at Christmas. I mean, we had right. wow. the Halle Berry movie, and we had um, uh, uh, the uh, Chris Pine movie wrapped right before Christmas, and so we had this this nice little window for us to kind of get ourselves together, work on development get these movies going and, you know, and, 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 and unfortunately this stuff happened. So our timing 
you know, what was was good in that regard. And I feel horrible for people like you and for everybody else who had movies about to start shooting or were shooting. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's pretty that's beyond devastating. And I got it's, you know, very, very fortunate and lucky that um, we weren't victim of that. Right. So let's talk about post-production. So what are you doing? Because um, I have a couple I have a couple movies in post as well. What are you doing in terms of your editors and, and how have you been how have you been handling post-production and visual effects and things? Well, on Greenland, we had to <clears throat> deliver the movie. We had to accelerate the delivery to like, you know, we finished the movie like three o'clock on Friday morning. We had to just right. plow through everything, you know, with the idea of, you know, perfect is the enemy of, of good. Um, right. And, you know, we were literally, the, the clock, like the window was closing in terms of the non-essential businesses being closed in Los Angeles. Right. Uh, thankfully, our mixing team and our DI team were some of the most incredible group of men and women that I've ever worked with. They, they stood, stood in there in Panavision and got it done. Uh, the, on the visual effects side, like on, um, on Voyager's, a lot of the visual effects are out of uh, the Central and Eastern Europe, <clears throat> which, you know, comparatively has been okay versus, you know, Spain, France, um, really. Um, that's kind of track, and we're almost done with that. The problems we're going to have um, is that, you know, these movies like Violence of Action, which is the Chris Pine movie we're, we're about to watch, and the Halley movie, which we're about to watch, um, or previews, you know, right. which, which yeah. at a certain point, you know, one of the great tools of post-production is the audience preview. And even, even if you don't want to do an audience preview, it's the friends and family. It's, it's getting right. 25, 50 or 200, 300 people in a room and getting a sense of how a movie plays. It's so crucial for these films. Right. And I'm not sure how we're going to do that. I know that there's like virtual preview ideas, but that's not the same as, the collective experience of enjoying a movie in a, or not enjoying a movie um, in a, uh, in a theater. So we're kind of making up as we go along, to be honest with you, every week changes, you know, there's some, um, there's bad news every week, but now thankfully over the last four or five days, there's also good news um, or, you know, encouraging news. So we're we're just trying to be calm and, and sober and deal with things on like little three day chunks. So, who are the distributors on your movies on in post? Um, uh, SDX is Greenland. Lionsgate is um, is uh, um, Voyagers, <clears throat> and um, Bruise, which is the Halle Berry movie, and Violence of Action, which is a Chris Pine movie. We don't have one. We we've done them independently, and okay. so uh, we're you know that that's the other thing too. We you know we're the days of screening a movie for a theater, I mean, for a distributor right now, or, or, you know, are not really, uh, it's not exactly the right timing of it, which is fine. And so, and so you're watching all of this on PIX, which is a, you know, a system that we all use to watch dailies on. Uh, Are you watching it through secured links? How are you watching all your stuff right now? Well, that's the thing. It's amazing to me. You would think it'd be a uniform system, but some of our secured links, some of our PIX, some of it's DAX. Some of it is one of them is a a, 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 a a company I never even heard of, but it's great. Um, by the way, there's one more thing too. We we did a movie for um, Quibi on the Fugitive. Well, not on the Fugitive, uh, a remake of the Fugitive. That's thankfully delivered and done, and and we're finished. But um, yeah, it's 
it's not been um i wish we had one kind of thunder road process and i think we're going to start thinking about that when the madness is over which is one system for the post-production because thankfully knock on wood we have enough going on where we have two to four movies in, in post sometimes that it doesn't seem to make any sense to be using um, one-offs uh, for every one of these movies. It just gets very, very confusing. I mean, I, my DAX password, I, I couldn't tell you, you could have a gun to my head what it is. And, and cause I've had so many of them. Uh, right. It's just, it's so, con- it's, it's getting kind of confusing. And everything with pics is two factor authentic- authenticating, and it feels like oh. you have to. It's like you have to go to your phone and get the, the get the code. It's like a time bomb. You have to get the code put in before the code runs out and starts over. It is um, a good time. That's a really good. That's a really good comparison. It's you're right. It's like deciphering a bomb in a movie. You're like you're you're they're so stressed about it. So what are these distributors telling you? Uh, in regards to your post production and who can work and how and how you can work, what are what are they telling you to do? Um, I think the if, if there was one if there was one overriding um, piece of advice that I I received years ago about something else um, that seems to be applying to, that's to a lot of the business we're doing with with the distributors, which is. Don't make a permanent decision during a temporary problem, and and I, and I feel what I'm the sense I'm getting is at this point everybody has been shockingly um, thoughtful and methodical and clear-minded and sober. Uh, I don't when I say sober, you know what I mean. I don't mean like cocktails, but sober-minded. Right. right. And and I believe it's because everybody's in the same boat. Right. I think that if it was. A, you know, if it happens to one company or, or two companies, you know, they feel alone, they feel terrified, and they feel like the world's passing them by. I, I've never seen anything in my entire life, and I was downtown during 9-11. Like, I've never seen in my entire life where the entire business, the entire world is in, a, in the same boat. And right. we are, we're, we're all struggling. Yeah. And what I'm very proud of with the people that I've been dealing with, very, very proud of, is that there hasn't been panic. Everyone's being calm. Now, yes, of course, this is now, you know, we, we've been, you know, this is, we're two weeks into this process. You know, it, that could change in four weeks, but I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic that people are rolling with these punches. And, and so on the, stu- on the distributors, they're like, get the movie as good as you can get it. We'll figure out when the theater's open. We'll figure out what gets pushed. We'll figure out what gets put into streamers, you know what I mean? And not our movies, but, you know, maybe other movies on, on, the, on, a, on, a, on a release schedule. Let's just, we, we can't make any decisions now because we don't have all the information. And right. I think everyone has to respect that. Right. And so what um, is happening in terms of your staff? Like, how are you handling a, a kind of an on a daily basis? Like, what are you what is your plan? What are you hearing the studios are doing? What are you hearing out there for the people that are like hourly that are that are either in post-production or in production? Uh, and then I can talk about what I what I went through. But like, what are you doing with your staff? And, are, you know, are you zooming? What, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, we. um Going in, so so we were. I was in New York, not last Thursday, the Thursday before, um, and uh, I, I came back. I flew back to LA on that on that Thursday, and that next day is when kind of the world froze. And my feeling was, 
I think you have to overcompensate. You have to, we're working from home. We're living from home. We're not on vacation. We're not, you know, businesses that stopped. And so we kind of overcompensated and gave ourselves and my staff made ourselves very, very, very busy where I'm not exaggerating eight or nine zoom calls or phone calls a day. And one thing we've done, which we did just to kind of keep our sanity and also because, you know, a number of my staff live by themselves and, you know, that's it, incredibly isolating. You know, every morning at 930, we have a Zoom, the entire team. Um, and every day at five o'clock, we have a Zoom with the entire team. And, wow. of course, sometimes there isn't enough to report. Like, some, you know, usually the five o'clock Zoom and the 930 Zoom, it's not like overnight there's been so much stuff being done. Right. But it's just it. it it's good to see everybody's faces. You know, it's good to just to report back. It's good to share information. And I want to feel engaged. I want to feel like the business is moving forward for my own sanity um, and for the sanity of, of, of my team, but also because this will pass. And we want to be in a position where when it does pass and we're given the go ahead, the blinking yellow light, let alone blinking green light, that we are in a position where we're where we're not caught out of position, right? And so, yeah. In retrospect, my 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 instinct is we're going to look back and go, okay, we worked so hard over this time, so we stopped watching Dr. Fauci on CNN and all the <laughs> things that are you know the world's ending. That we're putting our nose to the grindstone, and we're working hard, and we're doing all the things that we you always want to do when you lament the whole day of work, as you know, right. Todd, as a producer. Yep you're reactive 75% of the day, you know, here we are, um, we're reactive only 25% of the day and we're getting, we're a little bit more, take longer to, to, to discuss things. We're a little more thoughtful. We're reading a lot more. We're trying to put together a plan and be strategic and, but we're working really, really, really hard. And, and everyone is trying to work really, really, really hard. I'm, I'm finding everybody is, 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 they're not. They're putting themselves in a spot where they're valued. They feel valued, and also, people are losing jobs around town. Like I, I, this is not the time to to take the foot off the gas. Um, and I think that's what our our kind of company's focus has been. Right. And so, in my experience, what I mean, look, I have uh, two movies in post. One for New Line, and we were in a unique position. That's Mortal Kombat. And we were in a unique position because we had wrapped in um, Australia. We were editing in Australia, and we had just uh, seen the director's cut, and we were bringing a new editor on, uh, which was already planned. And he was, you know, get, getting up to speed, and he had his four weeks right now. So it's a weird time where he is actually actually kind of, you know, doing his thing. So he's off by himself and has time to really think and really kind yeah. of, you know, fresh, fresh pair of eyes. And then the other movie I have is for Universal slash Peacock. And we have actually moved that editor to Palm Springs because he has grandkids out there and he we set up a remote editing facility for him. And it's just him, you know, and a computer. And then you can do that now and you can do these zooms yeah. with the editing room, which is interesting. And I, I said the same thing. It's all going to be fine until we need to get to the preview process. Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens on that. But we've been you know, we've been keeping those editors going. And then I have two television series 
um, that were just about done for Netflix. Um, and they've been great. I mean, that we're we're finishing up our multi-cam scripts so to come back um, uh, as soon as as soon as this thing wraps up. And then again, yeah, the 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 weird one was, I was two weeks into shooting Vacation Friends. We had just finished our Puerto Rico shoot. We were coming back to Atlanta when we got hiatus. And you know, it's just a on it's an interesting process. We're trying to uh, we're paying people as long as we can until the studios decide that we need to put put our put our people on hiatus because we don't want our people to have to suffer during this time because yeah. we know because we know we're coming back um but uh we'll, we're definitely paying them for three weeks and then after three weeks uh we'll you know kind of evaluate where we, where we are but assure everybody that we're going to come back and you know their their paychecks will will start will start again but it is it is a, a bit of a waiting game and it is you know in terms of the politics and in terms of the you know, just the waiting game of this curve, it's, it's very stressful for everybody. And especially, yeah. especially people that are living paycheck to paycheck, which, which I uh, am, am so uh, attuned to and, and heartbroken over. And not only that, what's, what's fascinating is when you go to a city like Atlanta, like I said, in my first episode, um, I, I, I had my hair cut by a great guy, this place called the Anguish Barber in um, Atlanta. And he had just started his business. It was a, <laughs> it's a, it's a barbershop in a bar right across from my condo so it was like <laughs> it's the best of that's awesome. it was the best it's amazing and now this poor guy is is uh, is shut down i hopefully he'll be able to come back but like you just think of all the people out there that are just so vulnerable not only to this disease but also to the economic hardship of this and just anxious anxious to get back be safe but anxious to get back and so we're trying to keep people on as long as as humanly possible during this thing on 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 all these shows and again for my company i'm just going to keep paying people you know all the way through uh yeah and you know because because we're working as you said we're, we're we're trying to keep busy trying to keep busy as well and so and it's interesting because i've been calling and talking to the studios and and none of the studios really have any idea uh, when this is going to end. So everybody, you know, the Paramount sent out an order that nobody's allowed to be on the lot. So I'm not, you can't even go to my office or, and the executives can't even go to their offices. So this, there is a, just a general lack of information in terms of, of, of the restart process, but man, what do you think is going to happen when everything restarts again? Where do you see production and the studios and development and the creative process process going? And then we can talk about distribution last. But where, what's your gut? And what have you been talking to people? Like, where do you think all this is headed? What I said in my first episode back was, I'm excited because I think creatively there's a lot of people sitting in their houses going well what do i want to write you know what is that oh, idea yeah. that i've had that i haven't been able to write because i've been chasing the lego movie or i've been chasing the toy movie what 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 really is inspiring to me I, i'm interested to see those those specs come out what where do you see the whole thing headed um both for the business and uh creatively well i i think i i think um let's go creatively for a minute i i, I think i'd be deeply disappointed uh in myself and in my colleagues um that coming off of this which is probably the one of the most stable stabilizing periods in anyone's lifetime um that there isn't a different um there isn't some different storytelling i'm not saying there won't still be you know the action movie and all that other stuff but if you look at you know post-world war ii you look at um 
you know, the 70s post-Vietnam, um, where there, you know, the storytelling just changed dramatically in, in the United States. And I, and I have to think that after this goes through, again, it, it's always, there's always going to, it's just going to coexist with the kind of the traditional popcorn movies, but I'm with you. I'm hoping that there is a different, um, that we, that maybe some people dig a little bit deeper about having more personal stories. I also think too is there is going to be a sense of more hopefulness in storytelling, um, and uh, and I, I'm not saying it has to be saccharine or sugary, but I do feel like we've all looked into the abyss um, during this process, and I think it's you know again it feels like people are slowly getting their hands around what's going on, but two weeks ago it was it was it was mayhem and and. And I think that there is going to be damage done to people's psyche, um, including our children's psyche, that they probably don't even realize yet. I think as a, as a business, this is where it gets complicated to me because I think there's only so much we can do right now as producers to get movies made <clears throat> or get movies prepped because when it's all said and done, none of the act I don't say none, a vast majority of the actors have no idea when they're going back to work if they're going back to work, when things are sliding, you know, when they're, you know, the movies are being released and all of a sudden they have a month of, pre of, of press. And so, and we don't know when the, the, the engines are going to re be restarted. And so I think, you know, do I think one day it's going to be like a, you know, a, a starter gun and was it a run? No, it's going to be this trickling restart. And I think it's going to be very confusing. And I do think there'll be some movies and television shows that are in prep or, you know, or almost in prep that on second thought, the plug will be pulled. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of confusion. And I think that's going to be very, very difficult um, for all of us when this thing. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I can't wait till we get to that point. There's, everything's relative. But I think it's going to be. It's going to be very, it's very opaque, and it's and and it's going to be every man for themselves, and it's going to be it's going to be rough. I think to get some clarity on schedules and clarity on when we're supposed to restart and what studio is moving forward and what studio isn't, and where you're shooting it, and is that place safe? Or is that you know what what crew will go back, what crew won't go back? I mean, it's just it's it's not going to be a light switch, and we're going to go back to normal in terms of process. It's going to that's going to last a long time, I have a feeling. And practically, like, <clears throat> in, just in terms of what you were saying, like, I'm, I'm sure you got pushed because Matrix is now pushed, so John Wick 4 is probably pushed. Yep. And then, and then for me, I have John Cena in a movie right now, and he was supposed to go do a bunch of press worldwide for Fast 9. That's been pushed a year, so yep. he doesn't have that. So everything is sort of stacked, <clears throat> is, is going to stack up, as, as you say, and it, you know, in, in a perfect world, you would do a hard reset and say, okay, everybody get back to, it's like, everybody go back where you were on the day everything shut down and start again. That's what the best case scenario is, but I yeah. agree with you. I think the, you know, I think just in terms of the most vulnerable movies are the ones that were about to start or are in prep, but 
I will also say, and again, I'm just, just, I guess you have to be to be our age and be doing this job. I, I am the optimistic thing I feel is even Ted Sarandos is like, we're good for now in terms of the content. But in a yeah. few months, even we're going to run out of content. And I'm, you know, I, you know, you can push the release slate back a year, but with this, with this stoppage, there is a gap, not just now, but that's going to come that is people are going to need more content so any i would say anybody who's out there who is a creative person or a producer as you said you got your nose to the grindstone and you're working hard and you're you're thinking about your strategies about what you're going to do when you come out of this for sure people need to be geared up and ready because i do think the distribution models um are going to still need content and for whatever streaming or whatever you know theatrical window theaters certainly need movies and studios are going to need movies and people are going to need movies and i think that the content is going to be uh in great demand uh in 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 all areas and and if and if we're ready and if we're smart and if we've done our homework and we've done the prep up till then it should be a time of good opportunity as you said after the after vietnam and after world war ii and even after you know 2008 these things shifted and suddenly you find yourself people going holy crap we need we need to fill this these pipelines and that's the thing no question and that's the thing it's so remarkable as i was just starting to feel the race of everybody all these streamers going hey what do you got we need to put stuff on you know to compete with netflix or we need and even netflix saying we need to compete with ourselves and now this big two three months month stoppage feels like we're going to be able to have a some some open road after this yeah there's no question that um once we sift through the wreckage of the damage that this period will have to the film and television business. And once the, once that's done, it will be, it will be a huge boom for, for cast, crew, writers, directors, producers, content creators. Um, if there's anything that's been proven in the last couple of weeks is how crucial content is for people's sanity. I, I, I don't think people are going to walk away from this experience going, Oh God, we need, we need less content. Um, right. and so, yes, I do think it's going to be, um, uh, a, a mad rush to fill pipelines as quickly as possible. A lot yeah. of studios can't survive without releases. You know what I mean? Like right. there is a, you know, the, it's, it's like they, they can't take a year off. Um, yeah. Neither can and streamers, and with especially with streamers, with the competitiveness amongst the streamers, like every day, I mean, it, it's almost like being the editor of the New York Times, where every morning you are, you're like on the battle, you know, you're in the battle zone. You have to deliver every day, and with the way streamers are going, it's like you, you they can't take three, four months off. So I, I agree. There will be um, if there's any light at the end of the tunnel for for all of us on a business side, is it, it will happen. I don't know when when it will happen, but once it happens, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, very very productive for everybody. And you know, it's in terms of um, 
you know, guys like you and I and Marty and Lorenzo and Neil and guys that have been doing this for a long time. I, you know, obviously, and again, I always joke every single time I'm on a movie, I go, well, that was the last thing. I've seen it all now. (laughs) Now, Now I've gone through a pandemic. But I will say just in terms of the cycling of the business and the, the, you know, the inhale and the exhalation of our business, um, you could start to feel like it was already starting to feel like, whoa, we're coming back into like a seller's market now. It feels like the DVD business again. Not that we're make, getting rich or not that there was the gold rush that there was before, yeah. but it just in terms of like, I was really starting to feel like, whoa, we're getting some momentum here. Like, I'm, you know, we're getting five or six things going. And if you have um, some inventory and you've been doing this long enough, like you can actually m- make some moves. And I, and, but I'm, more curious of how do you feel about like new people coming in? Like what, what advice would you have creatively for somebody who's just getting started right now? Cause but by the way, I was, I was, I was saying it was like the amazing race, you know, like you watch that show and then everybody gets stuck at the airport for six hours and you're like, well, what the hell? Everybody's now at the same exact point again. That's yeah. kind of how, that's kind of how I feel like we all right now, we're all like, okay, we're all in our houses. We're all in the same boat. So you're, it's just your wits and your, you know, and, and your, your creativity go. So what advice would you have for people, just young producers or writers or people that are just sort of sitting home going, what the f*** do I do now? Well, the first thing I would say is um, it will get better. <laughs> this is not this stuff doesn't happen. Pandemics don't happen a lot. Um, it, it will get better. My advice is um, we've all taken a gut punch and a punch to the to the neck and it's okay. We're doubled over in, in pain. There's no, at that, and that's okay. I think my advice is this will, we will get through this. Um, there's no question. The equilibrium in showbiz will, will regain itself. And to put your head down, keep working, stay inside, wash your hands and Understand the other thing too, and this is this is more of a kind of a philosophical thing, but it's, it's very important. This is um, a, you know, I, I said this to to somebody that I, I work with. I'm like, um, you know, it's time to, and I don't excuse the, the language. I don't mean this as a masculine way. I just use it to apply to myself and the person I was talking to. It's time to man up. It's time to know that it, things are imperfect right now, and things are are horrible and awful, but just have faith that we're going to get through this. And, and yes, when I say man up, I don't, I'm not talking about the poor person that, that can't, you know, that, that, that can't pay the rent. That, I, I don't mean that. I mean, my fellow producers, you know, we're just like, you know, we all, you know, it, it's, it's been destabilizing for everybody, but we're incredibly lucky. We're working, you know, we're not, as you said, you're, you're barber and my, a lot of my friends here and my ton of my friends in the East Coast of New Jersey, you know, they are literally like, what, what are we going to do? Like, not only do we not have money coming in, there doesn't seem to be a sense of when it's going to restart. And so for us, for producers, for ones just starting out, realize how lucky you are. Realize that you're in a business that will recover quickly and put your head down, work, take advantage of all this time. And to read and to kind of sift through all the noise that this business has given us and find 
the stories and the reasons why you're in the film business in the first place and, and, and act with some uh, magnanimity. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a, you know, you always hear about war, you know, it's, you know, when the bullets fly, it's always surprising to people who stay strong. You know, it's, it's why, you know, Medal of Honor winners, so many of them were not even great soldiers, were considered not great soldiers, but in moments they actually stepped up to the plate. And so I would say the same thing I say to myself, which is this is a rough time, stay strong, be a better person and, and, and be there for your friends and, and work your ass off and know, have faith that it will recover. I think it's the only thing you can do. You know, I, I don't know what other, other thing you can do um, to keep yourself calm and sane and, and focused. Yeah, because that's really the the scariest part is that there's nobody giving us. Well, I guess Trump is now pretending he's giving us an end date, but there is no end date. It's not like you can prepare. You can't say, okay, we're going back in six weeks. Get start prepping and get ready. There, there's there's no answer. To no. This. There's no there's and that's what's so disheartening for people. And so you know, there is an old there's a old stoic phrase of you can't control what happens to you can only control how you react to it and you're absolutely yeah. right in this time even though you don't have the certainty of when it's going to end it will end absolutely and it, we will get through it absolutely and the business will restart absolutely and again like you said the funniest thing is you know most people when they talked about <laughs> streaming and quibi and and now all these you know hbo max all these new streamers are well people just aren't going to have the time there's just no way there's no way there's there's just too much demand there's too much content and not enough demand for uh for all this con- content we go, well yeah okay how about a pandemic comes and we could burn through all the content in in a weekend you know that pe- we've created in the last five years so you know what's, nobody- well, you know what to me what's going to be incredibly interesting is the is sociologically as a business right now we as a as a community I'm, I'm talking about even non-movie business but a community in my in my town and towns all over that everybody has has, has been taught or has kind of embraced empathy you know what i mean if there's one thing that this has taught us is you have to be empathetic for the people around you and there are many of us who are quarantining um for you know the the the, the weakest in our in our in our in our community, you know, it's for, for that 1% for the pre-existing conditions, the only, and, and I think this empathy and I'm, is an incredible thing that, that we're going through as a, as a country and as a community. And then the second thing is, is, is perspective, which is, you know, it, it, moments like this happen and it p- put things in perspective. And, and I'm wondering how long that empathy and that newfound perspective will last, um, once we restart the, the film and television business. Yeah. I'm hoping it lasts longer than, than, you know, or, or it doesn't go, it doesn't go away, but I just, I just hope we don't turn into the usual, un, you know, cynical killer be killed, self interested. Um, okay. Everything that has happened is the end of the world attitudes that pretty, pretty much existed in the film and television business yeah. um, up until a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I'm hoping that we, 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 as a people, we learn some lessons and I'm hoping I, as a person, uh, bring those lessons forward as well. 
Well, there's so many practical things in terms of just in turn, you know, in terms of health and safety and welfare and people's feelings and, and uh, that, you know, obviously started with Time's Up and Me Too and Pay Up Hollywood and now this. And just in terms of just managing as we do when we're on these movie sets and, and, we, and with our staffs, just being able to manage people in a humane way and take everybody's um, take everybody's you know feelings into into um, account. Like when, when this thing was going down, we were in a resort in Puerto Rico, and there were various levels of people freaking out. I mean, from literally every five minutes coming up to me, going, "What are we doing? I'm I'm freaking out. Like, are we shutting down? You know, my my." boyfriend's movie got shut down over here and they're shutting down this. Why are we shutting down? Do we have a plan? Why are there people sticking their hands in the coolers uh, to get waters? You know, these makeup people are, are touching everybody's faces. What if they're, oh, yeah. you know, you know, no fault of their own. What if they're sick? It was like, holy shit, there's a ton of stuff I'd never thought of, you know, hand sanitizing. The fact that we all have to learn how to wash our hands is kind of friggin' gross. But, um, but just in terms of being able to just listen and be able to hear these people because i took the approach of it's the flu wash your hands we're all gonna be fine and part of that also in those in my knee-jerk reaction of that was just my own panic of what the f- i mean i I, I'm oh, really I, gonna, I was the same way I, am i really gonna shut a movie down self, this, self, is this, um, yeah yeah I, i'm with you that's that's like that's just keeping yourself calm and you have to you know what i mean you're if people looking at you and you look like you're panicked and terrified whether right. you're a dad or a husband or a wife or a leader or a producer, whatever it is, you know, people are looking at you and they're going, okay, if this guy in his pants or this, right. if this, this man or woman shitting their pants, then, Oh my God, I'm going to shit my pants. That's yeah. one thing you do learn as a producer, which is, you know, you learn how to take bullets and not, and, and pretend you're not shot. Oh yeah. No. And I would do that. And I would be like, no, we're fine. Just, you know, look, we're doing everything we can. We're not, we're not letting people put their hands in there. We got tons of hand. I carried hand sanitizers. So if anybody came up and was freaking out, I would put it in their hands. And so we were doing, you know, we were doing everything we can except for self-distancing because you're in a set of 400 people. And then I would go every 15 minutes to my partner, Timothy Bourne, who's a line producer. And we'd go, okay, what the are we really doing? What are we doing? How are we going to make these people safe? We got to make sure that we're protecting them. We got to, you know, and, and then we would just sort of start to implement those things. And then, and then we got, then we got shut down. But I, I want to go back for one second. Something that occurred to me as we were talking that hasn't occurred to me before, which is interesting is honestly, if this thing goes on for another, let's say six to eight weeks, we're, right now it is March 24th, right? I don't even know if day it is 25th thank god 25th oh jesus all right it's march 25th if this thing goes on two months three months theoretically we could burn through all the new content as a as a society and i mean i'm serious like you could burn through everything that you want to watch on netflix everything you want to watch on hbo max everything you want to watch on disney plus and therefore we're resetting and people need new shit because that was always the thing of like nobody can watch all the content but like just in terms of nobody wants to watch everything we are going to burn through a very large portion of the content that's been created and the veracity for new content is going to be insane i know i know i mean that that again if there's you know listen i don't want to say good news but if there is something if there's news to look forward to i guess that's really what it is it's right you know, well, you have to at this point, right? I mean, yeah, it's believe like, me, I can turn on the TV right now and get plenty of bad news. Yes. And, and, and it's, I actually am starting to um, get a, a deeply annoyed by it. I mean, 
it's they're, they're they're sweeping the good news under the under the rug, and there's some good news. Um, and every they almost seem to be reveling in bad news. If there's anything for us to, to look forward to, is not only will this pass, but there will be a um, explosion of of content creating. And I think we need all need to be you know ready and prepped for that moment. Thank God. Thank yeah. God. Well, hopefully people are doing that and not, you know, you know, doing what they can to survive, doing what they can to stay healthy, doing what they can to stay sane in this thing, but also opening your mind up to being creative because that's it. it, it like I said, if there's only a thousand new scripts that are personal stories and are, uh, you know, of 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 the, the of the happy uh, ending kind, they're going to make those movies. And that's what we're going to have. And that will just and if those things become successful, we'll just self-perpetuate. and We'll be able to move away from the sheep and herd mentality of all this IP chasing. Well, Todd, and also, I got to say something. You, you brought up a point that I didn't think about. It is going to be insane is. We're psychologically broken as a planet with the fear and paranoia of this pandemic. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of people, and I respect this, a lot of people that are going to say, I can't go back to work yet. Like, I I can't be touched around people. I I can't shoot in that faraway country. I can't, um, you know, be around 100 people all the time. And it's we're going to have to respect that because – I don't think it's just going to be one day, you know, um, everyone's going to be like ready to roll. Like, I think people are, are, are scarred and yeah. just you describing the experience on your set. I'm thinking to myself, yikes, like I'm not ready for that. Yeah. A lot of people aren't ready for that. So not only are we going to have to figure out the, the you know, the, you know, the, the financial element of like how we, we start these things and the schedule element, but also, you know, are people going to be ready emotionally and psychologically um, to go back and when? And that, and that applies to movie theaters, restaurants, but especially a movie shoot. You know, I right. think that's going to be it's that's that that's something we, no one could figure out because that's right. that that could listen. It could be quick, but my gut is it's going to take it's going to take. Oh, a oh, yeah. No. And I've been making a list of everything I can possibly think of in terms of, you know, just in terms of the littlest things, like I said, of having somebody with gloves on, that's his, his, his or her sole job to get, to pull waters from the cooler for people to make sure that the makeup people have wearing gloves for the, you know, and, and if, and if the actor wants masks for the time being, I mean, just making sure that making sure that everybody feels safe to come to work and safe that we're not putting them in harm's way for, just just make as again it's just a movie and the other thing that's so interesting just going back from the practical again to the uh just the um the optimism of it it, i can't tell you how many people have texted me that have watched this little movie we made called playing with fire just this little movie we made for nickelodeon that we thought we're just making put it on the channel and it'd be fun it went out theatrically and did fine but so many people have been like you don't understand i just needed to shut down with my kids and just watch something funny and watch something that made my kids laugh it just please it was two hours that i could just be completely with my kids not doing anything but just not thinking and laughing i'm like well there you go (laughs) my job is done (laughs) oh 100 percent 100 percent so let's talk for, uh, for a minute about where you think 
the distribution is going because, you know, like you said, everything is shut down. There are no movies. There was, you know, there's no, first of all, let's just talk about, there's no NRG screening. There's no, you know, um, screen engine screenings. There's no preview screenings. There's no box office mojo. There's no box office reporting. There's no tracking. There's no, there's no movies coming out. There's no movie theaters open. So this whole business of theatrical distribution has completely evaporated and it's not just again people just think it's you know the movie theaters and you know it's the movie theaters the concession stands the parking attendants the the, you know the janitors that work there the people that put the digital prints in people that put the posters up all the marketing people you know this the list goes on and on plus tracking and all the people that do everything in post-production and now you've seen that the first first People in our business to to go to the government for federal assistance have been the National Association of Theater Owners, um, Universal, you know, broke ranks and and put trolls out, and instantly NATO said, you know, in this kind of weird mafia way, like we're not going to forget that. I'm like, Jesus, oh, I know. that was just that, ridiculous. That was insane. That was just, and you know, and on. now Regal's just laid off everybody with no no pay, and you know, all, all the AMC's, you know, anybody who hasn't worked for three years, so. It's a it's a disaster for them. And again, yeah. uh, and and again, studios are playing ball and saying, "Hey, okay, we're going to hold on." But where do you? I've I've been advocating day and date for you know fifteen years. But where where do you see this thing headed? Because you've played in all kinds of different worlds. You've got a giant franchise in in John Wick, and you've made smaller movies that have gone uh, to streaming, and you've made some independents. So. Where do you see this whole distribution model going? I think that um, I, I, I personally think that people are going to be so after this, the dust clears, people are going to be incredibly um, thrilled and honored and excited to be in a movie theater watching movies and, the, and being part of their community. Um, I think that, you know, 50% of the United States hasn't really been affected by this and hopefully they won't be affected by this in terms of just their day-to-day paranoia. Um, I, so I do think there's, 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 you know, it, it's been hitting certain places hard and, and I, and I, and I get that. Um, but I think that people, when this is over, will be so ready to dance in the streets. Um, and, I do think that it will start slow. You know, it will be only in a certain amount of places in the United States. And, you know, there'll be four exhibitions a a day and assured that there's massive cleaning between each and there'll be people sitting away from each other. I think that it will find its way. I really do. I think, like, I can't wait to go to a movie theater and watch a movie again. You know, and I think sometimes having that, that, luxury pulled from us makes people appreciate it more. And so I, I do think it's going to get really ugly for them in the short term. There's no question. And, but I do think it will ultimately recover. And I, I really, I, I think by the end of this thing, people will be watching so much stuff on their, uh, at home there or eating from home um, that I think the, the idea of, of, of a dinner date and a movie sounds like paradise and and i do feel that it's going to get back its equilibrium because i also think too americans are tough man listen i was again i was going to a a 9 a.m meeting at at miramax 375 greenwich street on september 11th and so we were there when all the went down 
and I, I mean, you saw, I saw the second tower go down, um, and there was pile. I mean, it, it was like I remember thinking to myself, "Okay, Lower New York is for the next ten, fifteen years will be a you know a, a war zone. It will be like they're never going to be able to clean this up. This is a disaster. This is this is going to change forever." And now, as you know, Todd, New York, it's it's. It's it's the most it's the place <laughs> downtown New York is where everyone wants to live. It's 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 some of the nicest neighborhoods in all of, of New York City, and and I just think it it I think people are underestimating the resiliency of of America and how they are they will will themselves to go back to a place that made them happy before, and that's what I'm banking on, and I truly believe it's going to happen, and. Again, it's going to get really ugly, and we can't have in this environment right now. Whether it's the theater owners or the distributors or you or me or anyone else, we're in a horrible place. You can't threaten people, and I mean, come on! Like we're all in this together. We're all taking it in the fucking shorts. Like this is not the time to go. I'll remember this one day. Like, come on! Um, and so I just think that it will get to a. It will be. Okay, I, you know, everyone's saying, oh, this is going to be the new normal where nothing's going to be in the theaters anymore except for big movies and everything's going to be streamed. I, I don't think that's going to be the case because I don't know about you, and I'm, I'm asking you this question. Aren't you really excited to, like, go to a theater middle of summer and see a big-ass movie with a lot of people and, and enjoy it? I mean, isn't that – doesn't that sound yeah. great? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, yeah. I do, by the way. I do, and I love going to movie theaters. I just think that what we have done is pulled the pulled – the, uh, pulled back the layer and seen, you know, the great and powerful Oz behind the curtain and realize, and you do realize that there are older people and people with compromised immune systems and people that don't want to be, aren't going to want to be in big spaces for a while. And I just feel like it's yeah. a bit of a shame that we don't allow them to enjoy first run movies at the same time as everybody else. That the fact that you have to go to a theater is what bothers me. I, I agree. I love theaters and I agree with everybody that we should support them and especially if they're in your neighborhood and it's a great value and it's a great thing to do and take a date and it's you know all again i've had so many formative experiences being in a theater enjoying my my reaction is what i remember even more than the even more than the movie and so i i have no problem with that my issue has always been with um my issue has always been just been with the with the window because the, you know with the window uh you are forcing people to um, you know, do, do things one way, and I, I don't, I don't think yeah. that's fair, and and that and that that upsets me because it's a, you know, it's basically uh, saying to them, look, you you don't have a choice. We're not giving you, uh, you know, any sort of freedom to experience this the way you want. We're going to dictate how it is for you to to watch this. And I, I I don't love that, and so and I and I think what this is exposed is the fact that there is a lot of people that will pay uh, for multiple subscriptions and they'll pay a premium to enjoy things together uh, by not having to sit right next to each other. And I, and I don't think that's a bad thing for any, anybody, quite frankly. Well, that's what's interesting. It, it, this moment where all these theater chains are, are in, in a really tough spot and laying people off and everything else, when the dust clears, will this harden their resolve about the windowing process? Or will it make them realize 
that there has to be a, a new world order. And I'm not saying the new world order is right, but it'll be interesting to see how they um, feel about it when it's all said and done. Here's what I wish. I wish um, that the people that owned all these movie theaters loved, loved, loved movies. And so they were thinking outside of the box in terms of making that experience of coming to the theater, not just come in, sit down, order popcorn, maybe get a drink, maybe get some food, watch some previews, see the movie and go home. Like, what if there was like... Q&As, like, what if stars showed up at the movie theaters? What if they did, like, you know, live behind the scenes? That's the only place you could see behind the scenes was there. Or they had costumes in the theater. Like, just something to make the experience great other than just kind of this is it. You, you There's no other way you can see it. So either you're coming here or you're waiting. You choose. And we'll make it as good as we can. And we're going to charge you, you know, $40 for a glass of wine. I just wish that it was like, you know, these Edgar Wright and Christopher Nolan, the guys that really are, you know, behind this and really championing just, just seeing their stuff in the movie theater. Then I wish that they would be like, let's get behind it. Let's, let's put some props in the thing. Let's, 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 let's have a, like a, a short making of, you know, that, that thing in 1917 went viral on YouTube of how the f- they made that movie with the camera and putting it on the dolly and then running handheld. They, what if you could have only seen that in a theater? Like, that'd be great. That would, that would yeah. motivate people to go rather than just like, that's online, but you got to go to a movie theater. By the way, it should be seen in a theater. It's incredible. But like, that's what I wish. I just wish it was like, I wish it was a must, like a destination. Like when you go see a, uh, now when you go see a, a, a football game or a basketball game in the stadium, it's, it's, it's got, there's so much to do. It's not just come sit on a, you know, come like in the Coliseum, come sit on a cement seat and watch a game. Well, I think I'm going to butcher this anecdote and it's probably apocryphal. I don't even know if it's, if how true it is, but I've been here, I've heard it like in, at Warner Brothers in like the 90s and it's always stuck with me and they said the the the, the greatest invention um, or innovation in modern um, distribution um, was the cup holder in a seat for a soda right and I remember going that is one of the greatest things I've ever heard and it was it it it, it just on you know psychologically financial all, for all the reasons and and by the way, I was thinking that, that, that was a good point. But also, you know, you wonder if, you know, the necessity is the mother of all invention. Will it, you know, will the theatrical experience be augmented um, coming out of this um, in a way, that, like you're saying, that just makes it a more singular experience? Um, yeah. And, right. Yeah. And as as filmmakers. Let's get behind it. If if we're really if we really believe that the theatrical experience is the way, then get behind it. Let's do like you know opening weekend rather than just you know having someone sneak in the back of the theater to watch it. Let's have you know let's have uh, Kevin Hart uh, opening weekend do a Q and A to all the theaters for you know opening yeah. weekend all the show like all right guys thanks for watching that it'll take him six hours by the way he's doing a junket probably anyway it could take six hours opening weekend and after every movie for 15 minutes you get to get to see Kevin Hart talk and go you know guys I want to show you some fun shit that happened on the set we laughed our asses up uh, that's something that's value added and like you can't get anywhere else that's all I want I'm just looking for something that we can all get behind and rather than just going go to the theater buy a buy a gift card right now like let's get behind it in a real way and make it something really special because yeah. otherwise 
I've got a big TV and I'll pay a premium to watch it and I'll enjoy it and I'll be part of the conversation because that's really what people want is to be part of a conversation to see if, you know, if you're, if it, by all of a sudden everybody's watching this uh, Lion King thing, Lion, whatever the guy's name is, Tiger King. Tiger, um, yeah. on, ne- Which is amazing, on Netflix. I saw it. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. You just, I didn't need to go to a theater and you saw it and I saw it. We could have a half hour conversation about it and we saw it at different times and we enjoyed it. And it was fine, and and that's and that's the that's the problem theater owners are going to have is people just want to be part of the conversation, and unless there's a real reason to go to the theaters, and unless as filmmakers and as talent and as by the way, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, if I, if I see a, a ten minute uh, behind the scenes of the costumes of uh, Wonder Woman 1984, just let the costume designer talk. So every time you go, you see a new behind the scenes we're shooting it why not use it for that we're not using it for dvd anymore no no you know it, it's um no it's 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 funny you say this this was i think clash of the titans or some a long time ago i um it was right around the movie right the time the movie came out and i went to go see a movie i went to uh see another movie and i'm going up there and it's that you know it's, it's before the previews where they have just like little interstitials little like um commercials and stuff and i hear this accent and i'm like i'm like man that sounds like one of my friends and he sounds like such a dope uh, it's me uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and i'm like amazing. you never want to get humbled see your face um yeah uh, on a huge screen you know <laughs> i mean usually these these uh, epk interviews or like you know, hour eleven on a Thursday night where you're you know you're you've eaten like you know you a, a, about a pound of salt that day and, and you're dehydrated. Exactly. You're like, oh my <laughs> god, uh, God, I'm not in front of the camera. So all right, so thank you for your time. I, in my last incarnation of the podcast, I would say to people, best day on set, <laughs> get, get their story. But I would really like to know. In this time, it's just like you said, it's been a couple of weeks. You've been talking to your your crew. You've been talking to every uh, your 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 people who work for you. You've been talking to every um, every studio. What's kind of the what's the best thing that you've witnessed coming through this? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. I think people are truly worried about one another, and I think that. I brought it up before. I think that there, all of a sudden, there is this great empathy. I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to who are in very um, enviable spots where they're not worried about their finances over the next two months, who are deeply concerned about people they know and love, um, both in and out of the film business that can't pay their bills. And I've seen this a lot. Um, just, just I think. The idea that we are all interconnected and that we are all in this together. I, I think there's just a ge- the general sense for me of let's help, um, l- let's put out a hand and let, let's help people up right now is incredible. And I think I, I, I think that I've, I've, I've seen it now. I've, I've, and, and I've admired it. And, and I think that the, the second thing is I'm so in, you know, I'm here with just like you, you know, we have wives and wives and kids and, and uh, my house is 
so busy. We have dogs and everything. And yet my, I have to say my staff, many of them, you know, live by themselves or live with two or three other roommates because they're young. Uh, I am just in awe of their toughness, their resolve and their faith. And I, my gut is, it's not just unique to my Thunder Road team, although I do think they're incredible people. I think that um, it is, it is, I think I could probably most people, yourself and a lot of others in the companies would say the same thing about their, about their the people, their colleagues as well. And I think I think that's an incredible thing. No one's surrendering to this. In fact, people are punching through it. And there's not, that, that's, that to me is, is an incredible um, evidence of, of the spirit of this, of this community. Yeah. I mean, for me, like today, I was just sitting, you know, getting, I, quite frankly, trying to figure out all this f-ing equipment to record you and so I didn't embarrass <laughs> myself. And I was sitting here in front of my computer with this, you know, all my stuff on and all of a sudden my screen flashed and it was Wick FaceTiming me. And it was just he and I, we had a half hour chat just about life and he was that with his dogs. And, you know, we all have our own lives, you know, our kids, coaching, uh, travel, our, our, our families. And I've seen more of my friends via Zoom um, than I've seen in years. And yesterday, our mutual good friend, Bo Flynn, turned 50. And, you know, 10 of us got on a Zoom uh, and hung out and made each other laugh. Um, That's awesome. I've done this. These group Zoom calls are great. And and we're definitely right. We're, we're connecting with our – reconnecting with our friends on a different and deeper level which yep. is uh, is great. Who would have thought there's been so many sentimental, softy uh, people in uh, in the producing uh, ranks? <laughs> me, me. I knew it because I've been talking to you guys for a year. I knew it. I knew you all were. <laughs> well, but, uh, I love you. I'm sure I will see you this weekend when I come to either pick Jacob up or drop him off. And thank you for doing this. Um, My pleasure. I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm going to be dropping these as fast as I record that. I'm going to hoping that um, – uh, you know, during, oh, sorry. I'm hoping that during this time, um, I'm hope during this time that people can, uh, listen and, and just, just to, to people on the inside that are just struggling the same way they are in terms of trying to figure this out. So it makes feel people feel a little bit better. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And, and, and I, on that note, I have to say that I hope none of nothing, anything I, I talked about the current, my current environment, there's no complaints. Um, it is where it is. I'm, freely uh, understand that people are going through a hell of a lot worse than I am and my heart breaks for them. And every time I describe my current circumstance, there was never one complaint. It was just, you know, it is what it is where I am. And I'm just hoping we get through this and we go back to a a better place. Well, thank you, brother. You're the best. Uh, Love you. Thank you.